Hello and welcome to another episode. I'm not doing this the way that I normally do this. How do I normally do this? I don't know why I forgot. This is why I have mine written down. Uh, I usually... uh, Let me pull it up. Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, talk and talk. Here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello and welcome. This week we are talking about Netflix's newest release, Enola Holmes, about the sister of Sherlock and Mycroft. But before we get into that, let's introduce ourselves and answer the question, what public domain lead would you like to see reworked into a side character? I'm Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee. And my dream story, movie, you know, book to rewrite, um, or, you know, book to write would be to make Samson from the Bible into mm-hmm. a side character and have a story that focuses on Delilah, like a full Delilah um, lead film is, yes. my, is my dream project. And it always has been. Love it. I'm Luke Strata, designer in Chicago, and I am a big fan of um, King Arthur and Arthurian legend stuff. And so I love this happens. This isn't like my original idea, but anytime they take um, any kind of story away from Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, but set in that world. Big fan. Yeah. Um, well, before we get into. No. Yes. Wait. Here we go. <laughs> Jeez, I am rusty. (laughs) Well, every week we like to talk about something we've either discovered or rediscovered throughout the week. So, Sandra, what are you feeling this week? This week I am feeling Miranda July's newest film, Kajillionaire. Um, I got a chance to see this at my local independent movie theater's um, drive-in program that they're having right now. Um, And so I was really excited to, like see a new 2020 feature at a movie theater. Um, That's something I've only gotten to do one other time since the pandemic started. And so um, I am new to Miranda Miranda July. Someone recently asked me if I was a fan of hers, and I said that I hadn't seen any of her movies, but I understood what her vibe was. (laughs) They're like, oh, yeah, she definitely has a vibe. (laughs) It's like, yeah, she sure does. Um, So this was my first Miranda July film, but... I really, really loved it. It is about a family, a, a, a husband, wife, and their, you know, 20-something daughter that are kind of um, these, like, really, these outcast con artists. Um, very, that lead, like, these very kind of, like, sad lives. And they meet this really attractive young woman who kind of, like, breaks up all of their um, previously settled dynamics. And um, and that's played by Gina Rodriguez. Um, Evan Rachel Wood is in it. Richard Jenkins. Um, I forget what the woman who plays the wife's name is. But um, it was really, really touching. A very strange but touching story. Lucas, you and I both love, like, movies about con artists and heists. And this is a story about people in the real world who think that they can pull off 
grand cons or heists, <laughs> but are actually, you know, pretty limited in their capabilities. Um, and struggling, you know, there, these are, there's a sadness and a bleakness to this film that most, you know, glamorous con or heist movies simply don't have. Um, but that's also what made it really emotional and touching. And at its core, this movie is about a daughter who is learning that she was never properly loved by her parents and like reckoning with that and trying to figure out if that's something that she needs to change about her life. Um, and I, I was, it was wonderful. I really, really recommend people see it. Um, especially in a year like this where there's just not a lot of, a lot of movies are like a lot of studios are dumping kind of their movies that aren't very good, you know, (laughs) because they can't release them in theaters. So I feel like all these movies that are coming to VOD, not all of them, but a lot of them are either bad or just not as great as we kind of hoped. Right. And this is a movie that I feel like is not that in that, that is not the case. This is, truly a special film um that i would have loved in any year that i would have seen it um gina rodriguez is really really good in it like surprisingly you know a star and um i le- yeah i left this drive in just kind of um with my heart really like wrung out from watching this film so yeah. nice I'm a huge fan of Gina Rodriguez, so this is definitely on my list of things to see. Um, I'm I'm ready for some good 2020 movies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like there have been a lot. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of the best ones for me so far. Yeah. In a, in a very limited year, of course. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm trying to figure out if it's only going to be in theaters right now um, or if it's streaming anywhere. I haven't seen it, seen that it's streaming anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say look up your independent theater and see what the situation is with Kajillionaire and what their options are. Cool. What are you feeling this Um, week? This week, I am feeling a YouTube channel by a video journalist, uh, Johnny Harris. Johnny Harris worked for Vox for a long time um, doing Borders videos, um, which is basically where he explains uh, about, you know, different borders around the world and kind of how they were created and what's the what's the history of them and everything like that like fox news vox vox not not fox yes good distinction (laughs) very different yeah v vox with a v got it (laughs) um he also helped create the the youtube not youtube the netflix series explained um with vox also um which just again does one episode kind of explaining the history of hamburgers or stuff like that. So it's very explainery kind of videos, which are obviously my jam. Um, but his personal channel, his, his show uh, borders recently was canceled um, due to coronavirus. They just can't, you know, go out and film any of that anymore. <laughs> um, and so he's just kind of been doing it postponed, uh, canceled, fully canceled. Okay, Got it. But anyway, his YouTube channel is um, yeah. mostly just about like maps and borders and stuff like that, that, that he would normally do on his, 
you know, TV show. But um, he also just talks about stuff that he's interested in. So it is a whole episode on junk mail and, and why we have junk mail and how we ended up in this weird situation where most of the mail that we get is terrible and we don't want it. Um, and his his wife is also a YouTuber. And so he does a lot of videos with her and she has her own YouTube channel um, that my wife is absolutely in love with. Um, but it's it's funny. It's, it's a really neat family dynamic. They do a lot of traveling together. And so it's just been funny or it's just been fun while I've been home and not being able to go anywhere, seeing old videos of <laughs> of him explaining um, why Iceland is a great place to, to visit um, when I uh, have absolutely no capability of doing anything like that. But this this reminds me of just like there's like a, a genre of content that I kind of think of as like charming nerd, you know, like. Yes, yes. Like the Adam ruins everything fits into this. It's, you know, Definitely. for that family member. And I, I'm guessing I'm considering you one of the my family members in this, Lucas, that yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's always like, have you, did you know? And the, yeah. <laughs> um, so this doesn't surprise me at all that this is something that you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm 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 really going down a rabbit hole with his his YouTube channel right now. So if that interests you, definitely check it out. Um, it's Johnny Harris on YouTube. Wonderful. All right, we have new trailers. Movies keep getting postponed, but we keep getting new trailers for new movies. I feel like by the end of like 2021, well. By the end of 2020, we're just going to have a list of like 70 movies that we know are coming out soon (laughs) (laughs) that have just continued to get postponed. So, Um, but we're moving forward with what we got. So we recently we got a trailer for The Witches, which is Robert Zemeckis' remake of the Angelica Houston. I'm trying to remember the year of that movie. Couldn't tell you. I don't remember. Uh, 1990. Yeah, that's right. Um, Movie based on the the Roald Dahl book. Um, I have no history with this. I haven't read the book or watched the original movie. So watching this trailer was hilarious for me because I know nothing about it. And it seems completely bonkers. Anne Hathaway is amazing. Octavia Spencer, Stanley Tucci, um, as always. Um, I Chris Rock? Will, Chris Rock as the narrator, for sure. Yeah. Um, I will definitely be watching this movie. It just seems I didn't know it was a kid's movie. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely I mean it's a Roald doll story, so it's definitely yeah, like true. a kid's story. Um I think I've read the book. Um I'm not if this, sure if this is 100% right, but I think that in You've Got Mail, there's a scene where Meg Ryan is reading a book to a bunch of children and I think she's reading this book. Ah. So that's, you know, a little special to me personally. Um I think I've read the book and I definitely remember seeing the Angelica Houston movie because it is scary, at least for someone like me who's kind of a <laughs> wimp. Um and and like the trailer that we saw for this new version is has the basic premise of these kids show up to a hotel where there's like a witch's convention happening. And mm-hmm. they discover the witches, right? Um, and the so I remember reading and seeing the, the original um, adaptations of it, but this one I was very excited about because obviously we like I'm obsessed with Anne Hathaway and like her following in like an Angelica Houston's footsteps and playing this like in huge campy horror figure sounds so fun, right? Um, yeah. Plus, the fact that Robert Zemeckis is making this is really exciting. And what I've heard, and I don't know this for sure, but I've heard that the Angelica Houston movie 
changed the ending of the book. And I don't remember how or, you know, in what way. But this movie might be a more faithful adaptation. Uh, And so people were kind of looking forward to that. Then, so I've been really looking forward to this even before the trailer came out. When this trailer came out, I will say, it. the trailer I do not think is very good. Um, I don't think it's like, I was, I didn't watch it and think like, oh, I can't wait to see this. <laughs> Other than the fact that it has like this cast that I'm excited about. Um, mm-hmm. Stanley Tucci and like the bothered hotel manager role. Anne Hathaway camping it up. So the fact that this is coming to HBO Max is a great thing because it means like it's Halloween, it's spooky season. If I can watch this for free and just check it out, I probably will. And I'm, you know, interested in seeing new movies. But in a normal year, this trailer would not probably excite me enough to go to a theater to see this film. I'm right there with you. Um, Which is like I was referring to earlier, this is really the year where studios are figuring out what they can send to streaming and what they they need to save. Definitely. Yeah. So I do not have high expectations for it, but I'm a big fan of a lot of the cast. So. Yeah. And here's the thing. Even if the movie's bad, I do think it will be fun to watch Anne Hathaway, like, do her thing. For sure. So, yeah. you know, what, what, isn't it, uh, there, you know, isn't it enough just to watch Anne Hathaway <laughs> yeah. sometimes? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need every movie to be good. <laughs> of course. And so. it is a kids movie, so we 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 do yes. have to lo- lower our expectations. True. All right. Next up is Minari. This is um, Lee Isaac Chung's, um, I think, first big movie that most people have heard of, um, starring Stephen Ewan. Um, it's kind of the story of Lee Lee Isaac Chung's um, life growing up on a on a farm as a Korean immigrant in rural Arkansas, um, and Stephen Ewan plays his dad. Um, so I absolutely love Stephen Ewan and I'm excited to see this movie. This movie I think is one that just looks beautiful. Um, it's one that like, I don't know much about like the story of it other than, you know, it's about a kid growing up. (laughs) Um, but just the whole trailer, it looks absolutely amazing. It's beautifully shot. Um, I'm very excited for this. I was so excited for this movie because I believe it was Sundance where it had a ton of positive buzz. Yeah. Like, people really... This was the movie I think I heard the most about coming out of Sundance. The, I think the people were saying that the movie itself was really incredible, but also that the kid, who is, like, the star of this film, was, you know, a little Sundance darling at, by the end of the festival. Um, so I'm really excited about this. I think this trailer is, like, so beautiful. Um, if I hadn't heard the Sundance buzz, this trailer would have done me in. I'm so in on this movie. I... Yeah. I'm a big fan of Steven Yun's. Um, I had a great dream about him the night after I saw this trailer. Um, it was just like just seeing this trailer once, like really incorporated him into my you know, subconscious. <laughs> um, yeah, I, cu- I couldn't be more excited about this film. And is this coming to Netflix? I don't think so, right? I don't think so. Not that I know of. In my in my head, when I watched the trailer, I was like, this is a Netflix movie. But I'm looking now and I don't think it is. Yeah. I think it's one of those, like, we'll see when theaters are back. We'll see if it gets pushed back also. (laughs) Okay. And then last on our list, we have The 355. Uh, Jessica Chastain has really been pushing for some more female-driven action movies, which I'm down for. This is – I'm calling it her movie because she – really pushed for the production of this movie. This is written by Teresa Rebic, um, who I 
is a, is the creator of Smash. If you if you watched, oh, I watched Smash. That that show. I was um, obsessed yeah. with Smash. Yes. I would re- I would start a re- a Smash rewatch right now. <laughs> so the creator of Smash wrote this. Um, female spy movie um this is directed by simon simon kimberg um who has at this point only directed uh dark phoenix the x-men movie Mm. (laughs) um but stars jessica chastain lapita nyuanga uh penelope cruz and diane kruger um all as uh international spies which i'm down for i don't think this trailer is very good um i think it's very basic um but i i I love the cast (laughs) and i'm very excited to see how this goes yeah this trailer is not good. This is one of those times where maybe there's an okay movie underneath this bad trailer. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, ooh, th- there's a really bad movie hiding under this average trailer, right? Yeah. But this yeah. is, I think, could be an opportunity where there's a, a decent movie hiding underneath a bad trailer. And But yeah, this this trailer is not good. Um, it's the most like generically cut like trying to the, think there was one line the lines that they're using there's Ugh. one line in it where it's like you're spanish i'm american she's <laughs> british we're all protecting the world or something like that. I know. <laughs> it's like what is happening yeah, yeah. <laughs> um oh man i like these actresses Mm-hmm. I like the idea, especially, I think the person who looks the best in this trailer is Lupita Nyong'o. Like, yeah, she sure. seems to be the most compelling, giving the most compelling performance. You know, in the trailer, it says, like, from the studio, from, like, the creators of The Born Identity. I don't know if it was, like, from the studio or the producers yeah. or whatever. But it's, I almost wish they hadn't included that. Because <laughs> as soon as you say that, it's like, oh, yeah, now I'm thinking about how The Born Identity was such a revolutionary, interesting action film. And right. this is not that. I can very it's clearly like, see that this is not going to be as compelling as The Born Identity. Yeah. For many years after The Matrix came out, um, a, this, there was all of these mo- movies that started with, like, from the studio that brought you The Matrix and were nothing like The Matrix. Sure. <laughs> And the whole time you're just like, I'd like to watch The Matrix again. That sounds great. Right. So that 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 is a hundred percent how I feel about that. So right. And so I uh, will I see this P- probably. You know, especially if yeah. it's coming to somewhere where it's easy for me to see. Um, yeah. But it, what it really made me long for are female-led action films that are as interesting and compelling as something like The Born <laughs> Identity. Definitely. Yeah, I will. I will definitely see this movie at some point. Yeah, I will a hundred percent see it for free. I don't. I will not be paying for this movie. Right. So also, hopefully, it comes to scre- st- uh, streaming. Do somewhere. you have any idea what the three five five is referencing? The title. So yeah. So the three five five is the. This is again one of those things that makes it really cheesy about this movie. But the three five five is the uh, the agent code of the first female spy under george washington okay so yeah i mean (laughs) we're gonna i think talk about this also in enola holmes but (laughs) i love i want there to be more stories about women i want there to be stories about women's movements but what i can't fathom how they're always so cheesy like why (laughs) does stories about women and like lip feminism always have to like make me cringe you know (laughs) 
right there with you. Yeah. So that is yeah. frustrating. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously not all of them, but when 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 this stuff like this gets pulled, it makes me roll my eyes. And this is yes. coming from someone who is like a diehard feminist. You know, like, <laughs> this isn't coming from a sexist point of view. This is no, coming yeah. from a quality point of view. And yeah, so I, I'm annoyed by stuff like that. Yeah, I have more to say and we will talk about it in Enola Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else about 355 before we move on? No, I'm good. Okay, let's do it. Enola Holmes. Okay, so Enola Holmes originally was a children's, I say originally as if it came out a long time ago, um, <laughs> it was a series of books um, written by Nancy Springer um, starting in 2006 um, that was just about this made-up sister of Sherlock Holmes, um, and it got created into a Netflix TV movie, which I'm very glad this was a movie and not a TV show. I feel like this, I think we talked about this when the trailer first came out, but I think this works much better um, as a one-off movie than trying to, yeah. um, whatever, but it's the story of Enola and her mother who disappears and she goes out with the help of her brothers to try and find her. Millie Bobby Brown plays Enola. Um, Henry Cavill plays Sherlock. Ooh, Sam Clefton plays Mycroft and Helena Bonham, Helena Carter. Bonham Carter plays. Did she have a name? Eudoria. Adoria. Eudoria. Eudoria. Yeah, what did you think of this movie? I thought this movie was very cute. Cute, charming, not great, but not bad either. Um, you know, the, like we mentioned earlier with The Witches, this is ultimately like a children's preteens movie, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I'm happy to accept that for what it is. Um, and... I think I would, if if I was babysitting and the kids wanted to watch this, I would be more than happy to, like, have this be the movie we watch versus, like, something mind-numbing, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And if I had, like, you know, siblings or cousins in this age range that, like, really, you know, liked these kind of movies, it would be the one that I'd be first on my recommendation list of, like, funny, clever, um... Great message. So I'm happy that this movie exists. I'm happy that like movies like this are getting made for that demographic. Um, personally, was I wowed by it? No. There was times when I found it very tiresome, but a lot of times where I also found it very sweet and cute. And cute is like the perfect word I kept thinking when I was watching this movie. Um, and so... Yeah, like a solid three, you know, just like a very solid three out of five. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm right there with you. I think it, cute is a, definitely a great word to use. I think um, coming into this movie, I don't know if I had the expectation of like this is like a like a young, like a like a preteen, I guess, young teen movie. Um, I was just kind of like, this is a movie and not to say like, there's a quality difference in those age ranges of movies. It was just the expectation that I'd set. Like, not that this is like an adult movie, but you know, um, 
And so I think that kind of surprised me at first, but then it it, it made sense <laughs> as it went along. I think what I really, really enjoyed, the thing that I enjoyed the most about this is Millie Bobby Brown. I think she is a fantastic performer. Yeah. And I think in this movie, she uh, gets to really flea bag it up. <laughs> right. Um, I think, so the director, uh, Harry Bradbeer, is the guy who directed all of Fleabag. Um, and I think he does a lot of really good work in both of both this movie and the show um, with uh, how to film um, breaking the fourth wall breaking the fourth wall exactly um and so so I, I i think all of that works better than i kind of expected it to um but i think her performance is really what kind of takes it over the top for me i think uh the story all of the rest of it is kind of like it's 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 fine i'm you know <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 along for the ride but she is really i think the thing that i would come back to in this movie is her, is her performance um i know we talked about this when we talked about the trailer but the I, every time we cut to Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes, like it's hilarious that those two were cast in these roles. Yeah, it's it is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Here's the thing. Let's okay. Let's talk about Sherlock and Mycroft for a second. It it <laughs> is ridiculous. I stand by that, and yet I really loved both of their performances. You know, like oh yeah, yeah. And so like Henry Cavill is really great at being Sherlock Holmes. It's just from a looks perspective, mm-hmm. so funny for it's someone to be funny. that built and handsome. It's one thing for them to be handsome, but it's another thing for them to be like the size that Henry Cavill is, you know? He's he's huge. He's, he's like, in, he's, he's a Superman body. Yeah. Like, he's just a big guy. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I would say he's even bigger than like what a classic Superman body is nowadays. Yeah. Like, yeah. between, you know, Mission Impossible and the witches, the Witcher, whatever that thing is. I feel yeah. like he's bulked up even more <laughs> than his Superman days. Yeah. It, yeah. So it's silly to think that, like, Sherlock Holmes needs to be this, like, you know, action star. But nevertheless, he was very good and charming in the role. And um, it was very fun to see Sam Claflin, like playing such a villain um which yeah i guess this might be a little bit spoilery but like one thing that i was really surprised about watching this was how villainous they made mycroft um yeah because i feel like in a lot of adaptations i've seen he's not so much a villain as he is just like very stodgy right Mm -hmm. and in this he full-on is villainous um and 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 pretty like over the top and and <laughs> and vicious in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so that was a little startling, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Um it is funny to see someone as like handsome as charming as Sam Claflin be like hidden under this mustache and made to play such a, you know, yeah. hurtful role. Also him playing the older brother, which he's one he's smaller than <laughs> than Henry Cavill, but also he is younger than Henry Cavill right. and he that he kind of looks it. So doing a lot of work in this film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I I agree. Millie Bobby Brown. I think she, she's fascinating because there are moments in her performance when I'm like, wow, I see why you're a star. You know, like mm-hmm. really giving it to me here in a way that like I'm impressed by. And then there are moments where I'm like, yikes, this is not so good. 
Um, I, I'm interested to see when she's an adult what, like, child actor habits she grows out of and which, which ones she doesn't, you know? Interesting. Um, I, I think all, the only parts that I cringed at were, like, writing things for her of just, like, mm. these are terrible lines for her to have to say. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything about a performance that I was like, that's not good. Yeah, I can't pinpoint, like, exact moments, but... I just know, I remember having that reaction, and I will yeah. say that probably a lot of it has to do with the breaking the fourth wall effect that happens throughout this movie. I found it to be charming every now and then, and a lot of the time a little tiresome. Um, I feel like it's used way too much in this film. What makes it so special in Fleabag is the way it's kind of like used sparingly and used to be cheeky, you know? And yeah. this film is just like exposition constantly with the, <laughs> by that's, breaking them more than all. Yeah, that's that's the thing. When it's exposition, I I really hated it in right. this movie of just oh, this is a good way for you to be able to explain what's going on. And here's the um, thing: is that I personally I've never had a problem with voiceover. Voiceover is something that like pe- is a cheap tool that people use, but I've always like been fine with it. And I feel like so much of the the look to camera could have just been voiceover and it would have had the same, it would have served the same purpose without feeling me, feeling so obvious, you know? I, I 100% agree. I think, I think this is a way for them to get around, like, quote unquote, using voiceover um, when it accomplishes the exact same purpose yeah. and it's just more in your face about it. And that's just, I think, um, a personal taste thing for me is that, like, to me, it'd be like, oh, just use the voiceover. Just, you know, yeah. just do it. Um, I guess we're, we, we haven't decided when we're going to do spoilers yet, but there is one particular use of the breaking the fourth wall that really charmed me where I was like, okay, that's exactly why this movie needs it. It's because in this moment it made me laugh. It made me, you know, it made me excited for what was to come. Um, so I'll bring that up in spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing else that I have to say is for this being a kid's movie, I feel like there are some things that feel like they don't fit um, in the genre of movie that we're, we're watching. Um, a lot of it is the like the politics of um, England at the time. Um, I don't think are like thoroughly explained. Yeah. Um, for that age group of like exactly like what is happening and why is this important to what we're what we're doing right and like the whole like women's movement that is happening at that that period um and then the other thing is the violence i think i think there's violence in this movie that um isn't like gory or anything like that but just like there's there's a lot of it and in ways that i don't love for this age group of movie so again we can talk more about that in in spoilers but i think and in general i think i was just surprised yeah the violence doesn't bother me because I think if I went back and watched some of, like, my most beloved childhood movies, like, a lot of them are probably more violent than I would realize. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the whole politics of this film, I don't think is very well explained for even an adult. Like, <laughs> like, like, obviously, I was following along the story, but I couldn't, I didn't really understand, like, what the reform was and like what they were voting for specifically. It was obviously like a voting issue. Like, yeah. Let, making... So let, let's do this. Let's jump into spoilers and let's talk about um, the politics stuff. Yeah. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. 
Now, cracking gas. Spoilers. Remember, you wanted this. I think I didn't yeah. understand like who couldn't vote before, you know? Yeah. And, then, and now yep. who could after this reform vote? Um, yep. I'm. That wasn't. Really... I'm still not clear on that. Right. So <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. It's not like you should know this. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so at first I thought it was just women, and then I thought maybe this is. I think that was confusing. Uh, all poor people. I, I don't think know. Because so. there was the protester who was saying all men, and I think that the idea was. Maybe only certain classes of people could vote, but not right. all men could vote. Right. But before, but then when you are seeing the women vote thing, you're like, oh, is that guy bad? Because he's yeah. saying all men vote and not women. Like it was a confusing message. Where instead it was like, oh no, he's progressive, and then her mom is even more progressive. Yeah. Yeah. Is what it was I, very unclear. And yeah. maybe if you're British, like this, it makes all the sense in the world, and you're just like, yes, obviously, but. To me, I was just like, I, I need a little more explanation of what the table stakes yeah. are here. Um, another thing, you know, when we kind of talked about this in the tra- when we were talking about trailers, is the way that this movie approaches feminism, right? Yes. <laughs> and, again, you have to give it a little slack because it is a kid's movie. And it can't, like, mm-hmm. have a super complex view of feminism, <laughs> you know, in a kid's yeah. film. But I, I'm trying to think of like per exa- examples that were really like bothersome to me. Um, I mean, I think it just really hit the nail on the head very hard about like Enola is a girl and the world wants her to be a girl <laughs> and, <laughs> and her mom wants her to be herself. And like that was just like the theme of the film. And yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that theme. I just feel like it was hit pretty hard, you know? Yeah, um, I, or at least I agree. the ways that it was like being shown were not mm-hmm. particularly clever. Yeah, it felt very trope trope esque. Yeah, tropey. Yeah, know. I would say tropey. Um, <laughs> yeah, any anything that you've ever thought of of like, oh, this tomboy goes to the city and she goes yeah. under disguise as a girl, yeah. and it's hard for her, and she hates dresses, but it's weird, right. and you know, like all of those things that you're just like, yeah, no, I I get it, I've seen that before, right. <laughs> What I will so, say, uh, a scene that I thought, like, did a great job at being well-written and not over the top and also getting a great message across was the scene with Sherlock and um, the actress Susie Wacoma. Um, yes. Who plays, like, the jujitsu trainer, I, <laughs> tea shop also owner. weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's this the scene where she kind of explains to him... Like, you live a very privileged life, and you can't see the world for what it truly is because it's so suited to you. And, like, why yeah. would you ever care about changing it when the world is completely catered to your existence? Yeah, I think that's something that I, I – that was probably, yeah, my favorite conversation in it. Just because he does talk about, like, he, he views being unengaged in, you know, politics or whatever surrounding him as, like – um, a good thing is that more people right. should, you know, should be like him in that. And she does talk about like, well, that's a privilege to not, yeah. <laughs> to, to be allowed to, to disengage from, from that. Um, and I, I think that isn't a conversation that you've heard in a lot of movies and especially movies for that time period. And so I think that's, yeah, I think that for me, that was the most exciting thing. And then it just goes back to being very on the nose about everything. Right. Yeah. And it was, I was really engaged. It wasn't, trying to be too um it wasn't trying to be too like moralistic you know 
or mm-hmm. like over the top. It was it felt very re- like a real conversation. And also, I love the idea of taking the Sherlock character who is someone who like especially a lot of like young white men kind of glom their identity onto or at least figurehead mm-hmm. similar to Sherlock, right? Yeah. These like like extraordinarily gifted, clever men who like view emotion as a like a like a crutch and who view like they're like above the world and above petty things like politics. I think they're mm-hmm. smarter than politics. And for that character to be like taken down a peg in this very specific way um, was smart. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what in most uh, portrayals of Sherlock, Sherlock is rude and mean. And that's kind of how you get across of he's detached right. and emotion is not part of his. And not know, like socially adept, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And in this, he's still kind and, um, you know, loving. He's just also detached, right. which I think is a much more interesting yeah. <laughs> version of that character. Like, I would love to see a Sherlock Holmes that is that in his own, you know, series or whatever. Totally. Um, and I just I just think it's a portrayal that, that we haven't seen a lot of him. Yeah. But I like yeah. it. Um, I also kind of want to talk about, the th- like, there was a lot in these films that I did like that, like, reminded me of things I would have loved as a kid. Like, the details that really filled out this fictional world, right? Um, like, this mysterious underground group of women and, like, the, the hidden ribbons, kind of, like, that she notices mm-hmm. are clues. Um... The jujitsu in the tea shop, you know, the the <laughs> idea that um, and even like her home, you know, estate being covered in the vines and how like it was like this like really um, just beautiful kind of upbringing. And all these when you said that these were adapted from a series of books, I'm like, oh, this is all making a lot of sense now because I could see being a kid reading these books and being really enchanted by all these details. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that it's like sort of a lower budget Netflix movie and possibly maybe series, right? Um, mm-hmm. Not series like TV show, but like series of films. Yeah. Um, kind of, you know, held back from how cool it probably could have been. I think you, you could have really like gone further into making this feel, um, a little bit more spectacular and not magical isn't the right word, but like, you know, absurd and out of the ordinary. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they, they, they did well with what they had and, and that was exciting. It was as an adult, it also, the tweeness of it sometimes, <laughs> you know, it felt like it was eating something too sweet. Um, yeah. especially yeah. every time they said the character name, Viscount Tewsbury, Tewksbury, yes. Marquess of Basil Leather. I'm glad you wrote that down because I. <laughs> <laughs> Every time that full name was said, I was kind of like, "This, we gotta stop doing this." I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as a kid, I understand being charmed by something like that. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that romance probably works if you're. A, you know a child watching this i think for me every time we cut to that i was like i'm uninterested in this and i mean the chemistry the between like stuff. those two yeah, characters the, right i don't i don't think that worked for me but it might have worked for children <laughs> yeah i think it was sweet i think it was, those yeah. are the moments where i was like this is really cute you know like yeah. i think the their chemistry was really sweet and 
you know, I do, from a feminist perspective, really love the idea that, like, your leading romantic boy crush character is, like, this very gentle, loves flowers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is, like, in awe of her, you know, trusts her and, like, respects her. Like, that, gotta love it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's a refreshing change in young adult stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that aspect of this yeah. film. Um, and I do like that it, like, very similar to a period piece that, period, like, Jane Austen movies that I love, that it was pretty, like, tame and modest, right? That it was, yeah. you know, they, they didn't end it with a kiss. And which would have felt pretty disingenuous to see these, like, children, like, yeah. <laughs> have this, like, grand kiss at the end, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I like the idea that it could be, like, this drawn-out relationship if, if other movies are made. I agree. Yeah. Also, yeah. another thing about him being, like, a sensitive boy character, I love that at the very end when she left, we got, like, a single tear. How often do you oh, did see, he, like... Did did he cry at the end? Yeah. I, I missed that. It wasn't, like, a sobbing. It was just, like, a, like you saw, yeah. like, a tear run down his face. But it was like, we don't get to see that. We don't get to see (laughs) our male love interest characters cry. (laughs) Especially not in a teen movie. And Yeah, definitely. Very charmed by that. There are moments like that where it was like, this movie is doing something new and special. Um, Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I think, I think, yeah, where it lands is, I think there are, there are parts of this movie that I'll probably go back and watch, mostly just for her performances, like a lot of her reactions to things and stuff yeah. like that. I found really fun, um, and I, it is it is one that I will recommend probably only to children. Sure. Um, <laughs> I would say to children. I, I think I will recommend it, or to anyone who like really enjoys mysteries and will watch any kind of mystery no matter what. Yeah, or is really interested in, you know, the voting rights of uh, 1880. <laughs> I would not suggest so. it to those people. They will not go a lot <laughs> out of this film. Um, I'd love an explainer by them. That's all That's all I want. I want Johnny Harris maybe to do a YouTube video right. of, you know, what, what exactly is going on in this movie. <laughs> exactly. Um, I wanted to mention the the cut to camera moment that really worked for me, which was when she's being drowned and oh. oh that one yeah and she fakes being dead and we kind of just see um her like lifeless face under the water and you know her body has gone limp and then all yeah. of a sudden she opens her eyes and winks while underwater to the camera yes. that was a good one it was so good it was very <laughs> funny charming exciting i loved that one that was the one where it was like okay all the other bad ones have kind of made it worth it because this one was good. <laughs> the one I love is when she's getting in the basket to go out and she like stops him and it's just like, wait, wait. And like is rethinking the plan. Yeah. Um, just the way, the way her eyes are like looking both at the camera and at him, yeah. just kind of going back and forth. And like, she's like realizing how close she is to him and like all of it is just, she's, she's really good. I really enjoy sure. her a lot. There was, there was one moment. It wasn't a, a cut to camera. It was a regular acting moment where mm-hmm. towards the beginning of the film where when she meets where she sees you know Sherlock and Mycroft for the first time at the train station and they're asking her about like a carriage and yeah I'm not gonna do it justice but there's a way that she says she's like well I had a plan and the way she says yeah. it made me laugh really hard and it was moments <sighs> like that where I'm like oh you could be a very funny actress like I yeah. see your talent here um in a way that I really wish I want to develop those moments, you know, and, and have more yeah. of them. 
Yeah. Um, I've only ever seen her in Stranger Things before this, in which she doesn't really get to do anything funny. So I think all of those felt really delightful for me in this movie. Um, I guess I want to know from you, how did you feel about the mystery of it all? I guess there's uh, was, two mysteries, right? There's there's two mysteries. Where's her mother? Mm-hmm. And then there's the mystery of who's trying to kill um, Long Name Boy. And I thought that mystery, the second mystery, played out well. I really like how they seed in the grandmother and um, they have this big conversation and it does end up being her. I thought that worked out really well. I wasn't super interested in that mystery <laughs> yeah. as much. Um, the mystery about her mother, I completely lost track of throughout that movie um i think a lot of the pacing in the middle really confused me as to what's happening and what the motivation for everybody is um and so it really felt like we focused more on the second mystery than where her actually where her actual mother was and that just kind of came together at the end Mm -hmm. so i i mean i felt very i felt very unsatisfied by the mother mystery because it's not Mm -hmm. really solved right like where her, yeah. her mom shows up at the end, right? But so I didn't miss anything. I th- I thought no. I must have like missed something or like un- misunderstood something because yeah, it felt like she just showed up. Yeah, no, not at all. It, no, she just kind of shows up. She got she got her daughter's message, right? And mm-hmm. then just shows up. And but like we we didn't really have it solved. Like where she went, what she's really doing, like what her plan is, what danger she's in. What danger is Enola in? You know, like, which when you mention that it's a series of books, I would assume it's like a, the ongoing mystery of the whole series and not just this one film. And obviously watching the movie, you're like, OK, they're obviously setting up for some kind of sequel, which I'm I'm a little an- annoyed with all with every Netflix original movie feeling like it's the origin of a series right yeah (laughs) Yeah. i don't mind i don't mind if like you present it like this will be a series or you know like when you know lord of the rings comes out like we know like they're making multiple right yeah Yeah. (laughs) with this it's it's very much like well if this movie does okay then maybe we'll make another one and so I'm just I'm just annoyed with all these movies not having real endings, and I felt that yeah. during this one. Um, no, so the mother I'm mystery 100%. Yeah. was unsatisfying um, because it wasn't solved, and the the mystery with the young boy I did I did have a lot of fun with, um, especially because you know we mentioned like their chemistry and the relationship with her kind of like not being interested and thinking that he's going to be a burden, and then. Feeling the need to save him, and then also having these like fondness, this fondness for him, and her mm-hmm. feeling confused about like that mixture of of those three, you know, emotions. Um, yep. So I had a lot of fun with that one, and that treehouse, you know, added to that like really cool, like Twee as an adult, but really, if I was a kid, <laughs> man, that would have been the coolest thing I'd ever seen, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So moments like that, I was charmed by. When the grandmother shot the son straight on, I was See, like, I know that there's going to be something that, like, keeps him alive. But yeah, um, it still was. That was intense. <laughs> it was. That was another one of those violent things that I was just like, oh, wow. That was like, again, we all know he's going to be alive. Right. But also just. <laughs> what I really 
I was trying to figure out like how they were going to pull it off because she kind of like shot him right in the stomach. Yeah. And the only thing that came to mind was like earlier in the film, there was the corset with a knife, right? Yeah, I thought the same thing. Yes. So I was like, <laughs> I was like is I'm he going to be wearing a corset? Sure that this corset is not, cannot protect him from bullets, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but then it really made me think I wish that we would have gotten another play of that where she, the grandmother would have stabbed him. And yeah. he was wearing a corset. I think that would have been fun and gender <laughs> yeah. bendy and all like the best ways. It did feel yeah. a little random when he pulled out the right. the, the, the plate of armor. Right. <laughs> so. um, but yeah, this was a cute movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I I do think that's like if people ask me what I think about it, I, that's what I'll say. Right. It's a cute movie. Yeah, I think I'm. I don't have anything else to say about it. Um. <laughs> all right. Where uh, can we find you on the internet? In the mean, I am just struggling today. <laughs> that's okay. I, um so you can find me on all social media platforms at sandra Amstutz. my last name is spelled a-m-s-t-u-t-z and you can find me everywhere at lucas and stuff bye-bye adios thank you goodbye now goodbye go away i'll see you soon okay that's it go home yeah. moving along padre goodbye old friend that's it that's our show for tonight people <laughs>